For years, the American public has been victimized by the so-called cinematic geniuses, telling us time and again to see inferior movies, leaving us bitter and lost with nowhere to turn. But no more! This travesty of justice cannot and will not continue, because we now have the Cinema Judge! Hello and welcome to the Cinema Judge. For the regulars who show up every week, whether it's a blockbuster, independent film, or somewhere in between, you know how much I appreciate your time. Thank you so much again. Now, if you're a new listener, whether because of the movie we have today, somebody told you about it, or you just fell upon us, welcome. Let me tell you a little bit about what we do here at the Cinema Judge. First of all, clearly, we are not journalists. We haven't gone to any elite Ivy League school and paid thousands of dollars to have somebody else tell us what it takes to make a good movie. And just to prove that, later on through the show, you're going to hear me mispronounce stuff left and right. So, instead of apologizing every time I do it, I'm just going to forewarn you now. It's going to happen. Nor have we traveled the world and spoken to the old wise men and asked about the deep, hidden meanings behind Hollywood's visions. We here at the Cinema Judge, we haven't done any of these things. But what we have done is watch a lot of movies. Some good, some not so good. And our goal here at the Cinema Judge is to have one thing and one thing only. That's an enjoyable movie experience. I've been doing this show now for over 20 years in Bloomington, Minnesota, as a cable access show. And what we do there is this. The studio sends us clips, interviews, on-scene footage, premiere footage, you name it. They send us all this information and we just put it together to make one giant infomercial. And the difference between the podcast and the TV show primarily is this. You don't see or hear me. Because there's no need for it. It's all right there for you. You don't need me to introduce the actor or whoever's up. You see it right there. And I have no idea why it took me so long to make this new podcast. One day I just said to myself, just get rid of the video. And then just introduce whatever's coming up next. That simple. It's shockingly embarrassing, really, that it took me so long to figure it out. But that's what I did, and that's what I do here. The whole goal of this show is this. You make up your own mind. I'll present the evidence. I'll even tell you if I like it or don't like it. But note this. I will never, ever tell you not to see a movie. Who am I to tell you? We all come from different parts of the world, different, different ways we grew up, whatever it is. If I don't like it, I'm going to suggest you strongly see it. So then you can make up your own mind. That's what it's all about. Any movie is somebody's favorite movie. I'm not going to get in the way. This is like your little oasis for movies. Movies without drama. That's the goal here. There's a lot going on in the world right now. We're all underneath a lot of stress. I can't imagine what everybody's going through out there. So my goal here is this. Provide evidence. Let you get away for a little bit and hear about a movie that you might not always hear about. That's what's fun about this show. You'll hear little nuggets, really in-depth interviews what drove the actor to do it? What inspired them? You'll hear from authors, why directors wanted certain actors, all that stuff. It's a deep dive. That's what I like about this show. And it's all in your hands. You're the jury, the executioner. I drop it, love it, leave it. I drop it at your feet. I hope you love what I give you. And I leave it up to you. 
what do you want to do? Do you want to see the movie or not? The more info you have, the more you can go into the film totally prepared. And what some people do on this, they listen to the podcast or they watch the TV version. And lately, people haven't been able to get together and go to movies. But a lot of these are on demand. So what people do is they listen to the podcast or they watch the movie first. And then they use this as a conversation piece, kind of like a book club, movie club, book club, however you want to say it. So that way people could be on the phone. They could like push play together and then they could talk about the movie and say, hey, remember when they said this? If that happens, I'm not even going to lie to you. I'll do my happy dance. If people are gleaning information from here and learning more about stuff, learning with me, that's what it's all about. Knowledge and just enjoying the movie experience. Now, if you want to watch this TV version, you go to Bloomington, Minnesota's webpage. That's BLM, as in Bloomington, dot MN, backward slash BTV dash shows. And when you get there, you just type in Cinema Judge. It's two words, and a whole bunch of shows will show up. Will it be 20 years worth? Of course not. There's no way they can put 20 years up there. And sadly, so many shows from years ago are just simply gone. We had to record over them back in the day, reuse tapes, things got lost. But there's still a few out there on demand anytime you want to watch them. So join your fellow judge heads and enjoy movies with me. Now approaching the bench today, we have the movie called Chaos Walking. And this movie is based on a series written by Patrick Ness called The Chaos Walking Chronicles. He also wrote A Monster Calls. And I'll read the description of the movie to you. A world where there are no women and all living creatures can hear each other's thoughts in a stream of images, words, and sounds called noise. Now let's just break this down. Just this thought alone is fantastic. The concept is just, I think everybody's thought about this during their life. And the first time I heard about this movie's plot, the first thing that popped in my head was a Gilgan's Island episode. Now if any of you have ever watched Gilgan's Island, there was an episode where Gilgan found these pills. I think they washed up on shore. I don't remember all the particulars, but he could read everybody's mind. And at first, Skipper didn't know what's going on. Then he found out. And then, of course, in these kind of movies, which TV shows, everything just went sideways. But when I first heard about this plot, that's the first thing that popped in my head. Wow. Maybe they'll improve it. Maybe they won't. And that's going to be up for you to decide with all the evidence that they give you today. But if we all truly think about it, if this really were to happen, we'd be all in a world of hurt. So coming up now is the trailer for Chaos Walking. That was a terrible crash. We're lucky to be alive. Whoa, whoa, stop! Don't come any closer. It's a girl. Girl, girl. Oh my gosh, girl. I'm sorry. No, blonde hair. I've just never, never seen a girl before. Who are you? It's so loud here. We call it the noise. Happens to all the men on this planet. Every thought in our heads were on display. Where are all the women? They're dead. No noise. Oh, what is she thinking? Where the hell is her noise? It's strange to see everything you're thinking. You know, it's strange for me too, not knowing what's going on in your head. 
I mean, I don't know, you might not like my dog or you want to hit me over the head with a rock or something. I like your dog. He's stronger than he knows. No. 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 You better watch your noise. Snake. 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 If those men catch you, they'll kill you. Get in the boat! If you want to protect the girls, you have to leave now. Keep you safe, safe. Keep you safe. Safe. With her power, there's no telling what he can do. I need that girl before she wants him. How many are coming? A hundred. Two hundred. Thousands. I am Ty Hewitt, the man. Fight. Be quiet. Hey, try, try. Come on. Fight. 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 Now, this movie is directed by Doug Lehman. This guy is just a beast of a director. He has just directed some fantastic movies. We first heard from him in 1994, a film called Getting In, and then the hugely successful 1996 film Swingers, the 99 film Go, and another just gigantic movie, 2002's Born Identity, and another gigantic movie, the 2005 film Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Another quick side note about that movie. That is being rebooted as an Amazon TV series. But get this, hold on to your hats. I'm sure you've heard of this. If you have not, you should. Phoebe Waller-Bridge and Donald Glover are teaming up to write this and star in it. Now, with these two hurricanes of talent making this TV show, I'm going to be the first one pushing play when that comes out. Both these people are just incredible, top-notch, highly skilled people. When you look at their body of work, everything they touch is gold. From their writing to their acting, absolutely stupendous. If you've never seen Killing Eve or Fleabag, just to name a couple, by Phoebe Waller-Bridge, run, don't walk, and watch some of her work. She is phenomenal. And same thing with Donald Glover. That guy is just fantastic with that show Atlanta and everything else he's done. I could go on and on about both these people. But that's my quick side note on the remake of Mr. and Mrs. Smith into an Amazon TV series. Oh, it's going to be wonderful. Mini Rant Over, 2008, Jumper, 2010, Fair Game, and a 2014, Mindbender, Edge of Tomorrow. And they are working on a sequel on that one. I really can't wait to see that one. 2016, Invisible. 2017, American Made. In the other 2021 film, Locked Down. But coming up first, we're going to hear from the author and co-screenwriter of this film, Patrick Ness. He's going to talk about the story and about how Tom Holland's character will be the last person born on this planet. And how everybody could hear your thoughts. Camps Walking is about a boy called Todd Hewitt who lives in a town called Prentistown, but Prentistown is not at all like other towns. Uh, there are no women in the town. There was a terrible war just after Todd was born, and uh, the war killed half of the men and all of the women, and the town is dying. Um, and he's the last boy born in this town, and he's the last boy who will ever be born. And, uh, and culturally, I wondered, you know, what would that be like? What would that feel like? How would you grow up? How would that change you as a, not just as a man, but as a person? And the other thing that um, is different about Prentice Town is the noise, which is a, uh, a phenomenon where you hear everyone else's thoughts all the time, whether you want to or not. And 
if you think about what that might actually be like, it's, it's really horrifying because, you know, your brain is a messy place. He says it in the books, men's minds are messy places and noise is the living, breathing face of that mess. And, uh, and it starts from there. He views the world one way. He has been taught that the world is this way, that there are no women, that, you know, there is one enemy, that there is really no future. And then one day he finds a girl who shouldn't exist. She shouldn't be there. Everything he's been taught is contrary to that. And she's called Viola, and her presence is a danger to her, it's a danger to him, it's a danger to the town. And she and he and Viola have to go on the run. Coming up next, you can hear from one of the producers, Doug Davison. He's going to talk about how great, how perfect Tom Holland is for this role. He has both strength and innocence in his performance. And when you really look at Tom Holland's career, he's so perfectly suited for this kind of film. He, he can't play vulnerability, but he also can play strength. One movie that you need to see him in that just came out, I think, last year, it's called The Devil All the Time. That is a great film. If you ever have a chance, The Devil All the Time with Tom Holland really, really shows his depth as an actor. Yeah, I think Tom Holland is really perfect for the role of Todd because... Um, he really embodies, he has a certain toughness, but also a certain underlying innocence that is a very sort of hard combination of qualities to find in an actor. And that, and that really is um, who Todd Hewitt is in the books. Coming up next, you're going to hear from Mads Mikkelsen. He plays the mayor. He's going to talk about Tom and how his stage work has really impacted acting in films and how he can adapt and how much he really is and does have the it factor. And you've seen him in countless movies. I have a list here that I could go on and on, but just in a nutshell. From 2006, Casino Royale. 2008, Quantum of Solace. 2010, Clash of the Titans. 2016, Doctor Strange. Rogue One, Star Wars Story. In the recent film, the 2020 film, Another Round. And that's just to name a few. This guy also has an arsenal of movies that he's been in. So here he is talking about Tom Holland. Tom's just a brilliant young actor. He's done this for many years. Uh, and, and, and not only on films, he's also done stage work, right? Uh, and and there's, there's always something that comes from stage work in the sense that you... You have a robustness. You have a. Uh, you never become fatigue. You can go on and on and on, and he he can adapt to new ideas, which you do a lot on theater. Uh, and then he has obviously, like any movie star should have, he has the ability to go in and cling. He's there, and the camera sees it, and and uh, so uh, he's wonderful to work with. Now coming up next, we're gonna play a clip for you. So in this clip, Tom Holland's character is talking with Nick Jonas. Nick Jonas is trying to be a hard guy and try to get under his skin. Tom Holland is doing everything he can to try to repress his thoughts. Some people in this movie are better skilled at repressing their thoughts. People like him, not so much. His images and his words are pretty much out there for the whole world to see. And he's trying not to let it get him in trouble. And as this progresses, that's when Mads Mikkelsen's character rides up on a horse. Shoveler Hewitt and his dumb dog. Thinks he's a man, but he's never killed a thing. Now watch him go on. Snake. Cocky little son of a Snake. 
Don't let him see that it hurts. I can hear everything you're thinking. Just ask. The mayor, the mayor, the mayor, the mayor. Hide your noise. Hide your noise. I'm Todd Hewitt. I'm Todd Hewitt. Yeah, problem, boys? I'm Todd Hewitt. I'm Todd Hewitt. No problem. Very clever use of your noise, son. Mayor likes me. He thinks I'm a man. I reckon you'll be riding with the Spaggle Patrol before long. Very clever. Coming up next, we have one of those fantastic interviews where an actor talks about how his kids are totally blown away by who he's working with. So coming up next, we have Mads Michelson talking about how excited his kids were that he was working with Nick Jonas. Just a fun interview. I became aware that he was a, a, a big singer and a musician, uh, but uh, it kind of like passed over my head. Maybe it's a generation thing, and my, my kids were screaming at me when I told them, it's like, Dad, don't you know him? But so he's always been an actor for me, and a, and a brilliant one, uh, as they come. I mean, he's, um, he's very energetic, he's very on, on the target. Sometimes you can be very ambitious as an actor on your own behalf, uh, which is, uh, is an obvious thing you should be, but more importantly should be on the, on the behalf of the character and on the film. And I think that he's right on the ball. He, he is doing everything and he will definitely try out a lot of different things, but always having in mind what the character is and what the film is. He, uh, he's, he's lovely to work with and he's lovely to watch. Now coming up next, we're going to hear from Doug Davison, one of the producers, and he's going to talk about how both Daisy Ridley and Tom Holland agree to do this movie before each of their great famous movies that they're famous for. It is a fun little fact of how some movies take forever to make and some are just fly right through, but yet they still stayed on and made the movie well after their fame. So here's a producer talking about that whole process. When uh, we first started talking about who could play these two roles, literally the top names on our list, and this was pre-Spider-Man and pre-Star Wars, were Tom Holland and Daisy Ridley. Um, And it just turned out that they were fans of the material. They committed to the project. uh, And then sort of subsequent to that, you know, they went on to do Star Wars and and Spider-Man and have become these huge stars, but they were attached to our our movie prior to that. Now coming up next, we're going to hear from Daisy Ridley. And she's going to talk about her character. Uh, I play Viola, who is a character that crashes into New World, which is where Chaos Walking is set. Uh, She runs into Todd Hewitt, who has been told for his entire life that women do not exist. Uh, And so everything is upended for him. And he basically chooses to leave everything he knows behind to go on this adventure with her. Because ultimately, she needs to contact her ship and warn her people that all is not as it seems on New World. Now, coming up next, we're going to play a clip from this film. Now, in this scene, we have Daisy Ridley walking through the woods, and she runs into Tom Holland's character. And in this scene, obviously you can't see it, he sees her, and then she sees him. And while he's in his head talking to himself, all these little lights and images are showing up in above his head. And she's just staring at him going, what am I seeing? And he's trying everything he can to try to control his head. He's all panicky. He's never seen a woman before. So he's really freaking out in his head. So a lot of this sound you hear in the background, like the light dialogue, that's his mind working and it's being projected. So here's a scene from Chaos Walking. Whoa! Stop! 
Don't come any closer. Girl. Girl. It's a girl. Girl. Oh my gosh. Where are you from? You're a girl. No noise. You from Earthy? Girl! Dave! Shut up, Todd. Sorry, I'm sorry. I've just never... Never seen a girl before. Are you from Earth? You're really pretty. Yellow hair. I found her! I found her! Wait, 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 wait! Stupid noise. Coming up next, we're going to hear from Daisy Ridley talking about the cast. Uh, it's really an amazing ensemble cast. Obviously, uh, Tom is great. And it's, you know, it's a quite different part from Spider-Man. So it was really fun seeing him do that. Uh, I got to do one really fun scene with Nick Jonas where I told him that he smelled. And it really made me laugh myself because I wasn't supposed to say anything in it and I thought let me just see what he does in this scene if he does it and it really stuck with me it made me laugh and then Mads Mickelson who I'm obviously thrilled is now Grindelwald because I feel that much closer to the Harry Potter franchise um David Yellowo, loveliest man ever Damien Bashir just a really wonderful group of people and then Cynthia Revo, who was just singing on set literally like a dove and I was like I just get to be next to someone who sings like this wow Coming up next, we're going to hear from Mads Mikkelsen talking about how talented Daisy Ridley is. Yeah, I mean, the same goes with Daisy as it goes with Tom. And Daisy, she has now proven quite a few times that she's a very, very talented young actress. Uh, and, um, and having that ability that not only to be able to act, but uh, that the camera loves you. And, uh, and uh, that's what makes the big stars, you know. And when the camera is in love with you, they, as it is with Daisy, uh, it will pick up all the little things she does. And, and, and for that reason, she will be a great storyteller. Up next, we're going to hear from the producer talking about why he thinks Daisy was perfect for this role. Well, Daisy Ridley, I think, is just really perfect for Viola because... She really embodies uh, a kind of mental toughness that she developed from living a very sort of solitary and singular life on this spaceship. Uh, Combining that with uh, an ability to really express a sense of wonder that is so necessary um, when discovering almost everything for the first time. Coming up next, we're going to play another clip from this film. Now, in this scene, we have Mad's character talking to Daisy character, explaining the whole noise situation. It's not right. That must be overwhelming. It's loud. We call it the noise. Happened to all the men when we landed on this planet. Every thought in our heads on display. It's fairly harmless, though. Some of us can control it better than others. Can control it. Can you see mine? No. Didn't affect the women. Where are all the women? They're dead. Coming up next, we're going to hear from Daisy Ridley. And she's going to talk a little bit more about her character's relationship with Tom's character. Viola and Todd meet sort of by chance. And what is amazing in the story is 
you, Todd can't really explain why he's drawn to Viola, but he basically, well, I mean, he's told to as well by Ben Killian, but he leaves everything he knows in order to help her, which is amazing. Um, and it's, and that's, and that I think is why we did the additional photography too, because it's quite a, it's a challenging relationship to make work because there has to be like a pull, but also you have to understand why they stay together. And obviously he's super helpful to Viola. So it's clearer that way. And next, she discusses how the noise affects relationships and how it really separates men and women. Without the noise, there is no issue. Without the noise, there are people living as people do. And within this story, it's the noise that forms any sort of contention. It's the disparity with men and women having noise and not. That is the sort of history of New World. And it's a massive um, issue for Todd and Viola to overcome. So really, with the noise had to be intense. Like, and it's, it's, it's an intense part of the experience of chaos walking. Now, coming up again, we're going to play a clip from this film. This one I'm going to try to set up a little bit more. In this particular scene, Daisy and Tom are sitting outside and they're having a conversation. They're opening up about each other's lives. As this scene progresses, he starts to move closer to her like as if to kiss her. And then out of nowhere, all of a sudden, poof, the screen kind of pops as she says, what are you doing? And in that moment, he was daydreaming about kissing her. But he was not. But she saw it happening. So try to put yourself in that situation, how weird that would be. You're having a conversation with somebody and you see them try to move closer to you like that. So that's what this scene is about. My parents are dead. They got sick on the ship. They knew they'd never make it to New World. Sorry. They made me promise I would make it here, find a better life. They gave it all up for me to have this. It's not exactly what I'd imagine. Lonely, like me. Yeah, a little. What are you doing? I'm sorry. I didn't. I'm. I'm talking. Um, I'm talking. I'm talking. I'm talking. I don't know what I was thinking. I don't. I'm sorry. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go. Coming up next, we're gonna hear again from Daisy, and she's gonna talk about Tom's character. He brings a lot to it. He has to be a young man on the cusp of proper adulthood. He has to um, make the audience understand why he's with Viola. He, and, and a lot of that, honestly, and it's, it's in the trailer, a lot of that is his relationship with Manchi. Like he loves his dog so, so much. And it's wonderful. I remember someone saying it on set when we were filming. It's wonderful seeing characters liking something. It makes you like them. So it's like a really wonderful way in to Todd to see how he is with his dog. And speaking of his dog, in the next clip we're going to play, they're out in the woods walking and then they hear a noise coming from a distance. 
in the voices that you hear him speaking, that's just in his head. He's not saying that out loud. That's just what he's thinking. So the tension's rising, what's coming towards us? And then his dog shows up. And then that's just that scene then progressing after that. Gonna get infected. Probably gonna die. Nice. Something's coming. Spackle. Be a man. Hey! 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 These trackers here. This manji. I guess he's coming with us now. Come on, boy. Never been this far out of front of this time before. God, I hope this is the right way. Do you know where you're going, though? Yeah, definitely. Maybe. 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 Definitely. Maybe. Coming up next, we're going to hear from Daisy Ridley, and she's going to talk about the author. I think what Patrick Ness does so well and what he did with The Monster Calls is uh, writes books that feel uh, very appealing to a very broad audience. And if you're just enjoying them for what they appear to be in the first instance, they're beautiful and wonderful. And then you see all of these amazing things that he layers through. So with Chaos Walking, it's like you're seeing this action adventure in these two young people on this journey, but you're also seeing gender politics. You're also seeing a woman try and start a new life in a place that she thought was going to be one thing and isn't. Um, People who are obsessed with a thought that they can't get out of their heads. There's so much in there. Um, underneath the guise of an action adventure. And I think he does that amazingly. He balances all of those things. Coming up next, we're going to hear from the author, and he's going to talk about how this story is a lot about message overload. It was about information overload. And it was felt like with um, advent of smartphones and interconnectivity and uh, social media, it felt like the world, which was already loud, I think, I feel like, um, especially to, you know, if you're kind of a, Anyway, a sensitive soul, and I thought the world is getting louder. We have we have equi- equipped ourselves with these computers, handheld computers um, that contain more processing power than anything that sent them into the moon, and we use them to shout. and um, And so I thought, well, what if what if the next logical step was that you couldn't get away, you had no choice, and you had to share, and you had to hear what other people share, you were forced to, and how much worse if that happened and you were young. We hope you enjoyed our very in-depth look at Chaos Walking. Now, if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, ways to improve the show, please feel free to contact us, cinemajudge at hotmail.com. Or if you feel like it, go to our Facebook page and group Cinema Judge Podcast. It'd be great to talk movies. Now, for all of you who sit and wait to the end, I thank you. And at this time, I always try to thank as many people as I possibly can for listening to the show. But like I said in a previous episode, if I don't mention your city, doesn't mean that I'm ignoring you or anything like that. Because sometimes, just say if you're at city A, your phone or your computer, whatever, might only register from the city next to you or around you. So if I say city A, I'm not ignoring you. It's just maybe your system isn't registering where you live directly. I just wanted to point that out. But for all of you, always tune in. And if you're new, thank you too. And like every episode, my Australian listeners, 
in France listeners, you guys always step up and listen. And I'm not even, gonna, like I said earlier, I don't, I'm not lying. Every time I see somebody pop up that listened, I get so overjoyed. I know it sounds stupid. I don't even care. I get such joy knowing that people from all over the world are listening to this show. Because in my mind's eye, maybe you like all the information that we give you. And maybe you're learning stuff too. And you just keep coming back and learning about whatever movie it is. It doesn't have to be a blockbuster. Maybe you just like the format. So I'm stoked. My listeners in Minneapolis, thank you. Centennial, Colorado. I see we have a couple more listeners there. Thanks, guys. Adelaide, South Australia. Dallas, Texas. I see you guys are stopping back in. Thank you. Chicago, Illinois. Madison, Wisconsin. Saratoga Springs, Utah. You guys are awesome. Thanks for listening. Richmond Hill, New York. New York. I love that. New York. Cocoa, Florida. Bet you have better weather than we do here. Rosemount, Minnesota. Carson, California. Man, California. How are people listening? Where are they listening? Are you listening in your car? Are you at work, in your cubicle, in your office? Are you at home brushing your teeth? One listener told me last week when he was listening to the show, he was on the toilet. I'm like, hey, whatever works. Thanks for listening. Stillwater, Minnesota. Quincy, Massachusetts. Thank you. Washington, Virginia. You're always there. Hogue, Ohio. Again, bam. You're there listening. Thank you. In Shenandoah, Louisiana. Thank you so much for dropping by. And this week's bourbon toast goes to Veronica. Thank you so much for listening. I've been eyeballing this the whole episode. Now it's finally time. So until next time, be well, be good, and I'm gone. I'm Jeff. Thanks for listening to The Cinema Judge. (laughs) 